Welcome to 4,000 Weeks, brought to you by 4kweeks.com. This is the audio version of the weekly newsletter that we send out to all of our subscribers and customers. And you could subscribe to the email newsletter, the email version, if you'd like to, to get all the associated discounts and be able to easily click the links for all the things that we're talking about today, just by going to 4kweeks.com and getting on the subscribe tab. Okay, week 51 of the year 2023 has arrived. If you're getting the email, you can see the graphic at the top that shows one lonely white square up there, staring you down, making you feel as if something is ending and causing your body to release a whole bunch of cortisol, just as if a panther was stalking you in the jungle. It's time to walk over to your 4K Weeks poster and fill in another square. Are you done? So all of that cortisol, all of that panther stalking you in the jungle, all of that feeling that something is ending is an illusion. All of the boxes that we put around time are totally man-made. The only thing that you have is the next moment and maybe a few more moments. So just skip the anxiety and use the fact that one day you will die to focus on the work that you should be doing right now. And I don't know what that work is. And maybe you don't know what that work is for you. And if you don't know what that work is for you, then the work is figuring out what that work should be. And that sounds like a word salad. But the most important thing you can be doing right now is figuring out what would make it so that tomorrow when you are waking up, you are excited to get to work. So that's just the tidbit up top. I have a card in my pocket right now. It's a Massive Action Society habit tracking card. And on the back side, it says a quote by Mary Wallenscraft. And she says, the beginning is always today. And the beginning is always today. And if you can tap into the truth of that quote, there is an endless fountain of energy in that sentence. An endless fountain of energy that will, it's like a nuclear reactor that will keep you doing and motivated and, and moving forward with excitement and with energy that makes the world a better place. So the first thing that I owe you is the first half of the dad joke. And so why shouldn't you lend money to elves? And I'll tell you the punchline at the end. But right now, let's move on to the remarkable weeks. Week 51 in the year 1903. Orville Wright piloted the first sustained motorized aircraft flight. He was 1,686 weeks old, or about 32 years, and that was only 120 years ago. Seriously, think how much you take flight for granted. And only 120 years ago, it was an impossibility that had just recently become possible. It's mind-blowing. Week 51 in the year 2013, Angela Merkel is elected to a third term as Chancellor of Germany. She was the first woman to actually hold the office and surprisingly, or maybe not, was previously a research scientist and she holds a doctorate in quantum chemistry. Sometimes I think that a lot of the crap that she got was the fact that she was such an educated woman. She was 3,100 weeks old or 59.46 years. This is my favorite one of the week. Week 51 of 1989, Larry Bird begins a streak of 71 consecutive free throws during his NBA games 
It stretched from December 19th, 1989 to February 13th, 1990, where he finally missed. He was 1,723 weeks old or about 33 years, and he was at the end or nearing the end of his career. You know, his nickname was the Hick from French Lick, and he was my favorite basketball player when I was a kid. And just today, as I was playing uh, pickup basketball in the gym, one of the guys uh, hit a three-point shot using the backboard, and I yelled, Larry Joe Bird! Because Larry Bird always used the backboard. He had this video uh, called Winning Basketball with his coach from the Celtics, Red Auerbach, that it was a VHS tape, and I watched it so much when I was a kid that I wore it out. It's delightful. If you can find any clips online uh, from Winning Basketball, it's a, it's a time capsule. Okay. This week's quote, this week's quote is from Charles Du. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it's French, but it's not Dubois because it's D-U-B-O-S. So is that Dubose? I don't know. So it's Charles Du something, D-U-B-O-S. And the quote is this, the important thing is this, to be able at any moment to sacrifice what we are for what we could become. The important thing is this, to be able at any moment to sacrifice what we are for what we could become. Now, that's an impossible standard. I know a lot of amazing people, and I have read and learned about a lot of even more amazing people, and not a single one of them could ever live up to that quote. Nobody who is worth knowing is able to change and sacrifice who they are at any moment. Everyone who is sincere needs a few minutes at least to gather up the courage to make a change. However, the, the spirit of the quote is the most true thing. It still stands. Every single one of us is invested in the story of ourselves that we are telling ourselves. So, you know, I walk around thinking things about me that are true. It's a narrative that is, it's, it's almost like the goldfish in the water joke. You know, what's water? That is how, how in the background it is for all of us. And we have a huge amount of energy invested in that because if we didn't have energy invested in it, it wouldn't be the story. Any meaningful change threatens that story and we like that story. That's why we keep telling it to ourselves. And of course it changes over time. But what we're talking about here is, you know, getting ready to march in a different direction and, and making a meaningful change towards something that you want. And so you have to acknowledge the self that you are. And if you're considering a change for the better, you have to be ready to let the old self go. And it's okay to be sad and to grieve that version of yourself because you liked that version. Because even if it was a dysfunctional version, that was a comfortable version of yourself. And so it's okay to grieve that. And I mean, I don't even know what that means, grieving that version of yourself, but you know, sometimes I think about, oh, if we do this, then that, it's hard to articulate this, but like, oh, oh, if, if we make this change, then we won't be able to do that thing that I love, but there are better things waiting for me in the future. But there are still things that I love about the past. And so I think it's important when you're, when you're gearing yourself up to make a big change as we are, you know, coming to that time of the year, the time of the year that has been ordained in humanity as the time where you make big changes, right? New Year's resolutions and stuff. And we can talk about whether or not that is helpful and, uh, or, or unhelpful because really like the quote at the beginning of the email said, 
the beginning is always today. I don't care if it's June 13th, that can be the new year's resolution day, right? Every single day is the first day of the new year. We've just chosen January 1st to celebrate it. Right. And so I think back to the quote, if you are getting ready to make a change, you need to pay a little bit of heed to your old self and the, and the reasonable grief you will have for leaving that version of yourself behind. But the price of every new and better version of you is leaving the old version behind. What am I consuming this week? Let's talk about that for a second. So the first thing, and I'm not sure how the best to get these, you know, the podcast audio is spectacular in a whole bunch of different ways. You guys can be doing something while you're listening to this as opposed to reading an email, but I don't know how to get these links to you, but I'm going to talk about them. And then if they're worthwhile, maybe you'll just go find them on the blog or in the newsletter. The first thing I was consuming this week, I shared with everyone in the newsletter is my top songs on Spotify for 2023. So interestingly, I listened to 1,369 songs on Spotify in 2023, a total time of 27,110 minutes, which is about 18 consecutive days. And apparently, and I knew this, but apparently for you, I like mournful Americana. <laughs> I like songs, lamentatious songs about uh, brokenhearted people. I don't know. I'm a pretty happy dude, but apparently I like sad songs. Um, you can get that link on the, uh, in the newsletter. Um, and it's interesting, you know, a lot of Jason Isbell, a lot of um, Rustin Kelly, um, a decent amount of Taylor Swift because I, uh, I am a father with children and, Tay Tay is everywhere and also a spectacular songwriter. I mean, gosh, dang it. And a great example for young women. So that's spectacular. That's the first thing I put in the email. The uh, second thing, podcast, people I mostly admire, um, episode 120 with Werner Herzog. Uh, he, and the title of that episode is he thinks his films are a distraction. First of all, I love people I mostly admire. Spectacular podcast with very interesting people and the host, Steve Levitt, Steve Levitt. I think that's his name. Um, he asks really good questions and is a super interesting dude in his own right. But I could listen to Warner Herzog's accent all day long. And if you don't know who he is, uh, he's a, a, a director and an actor and a writer and everything. But he was the client in The Mandalorian show. Um, so that's that. The next podcast is The Unmistakable Creative. Kevin Kelly, Excellent Advice for Living. Speaking of things I could listen to all day long, I could listen to Kevin Kelly talk about how to do life all day long. He is such an insightful human being. I am buying the book that he's just recently has written. It's, um, it's my favorite kind of book, I think, which is a, a small book with little, um, little anecdotes about things you should do. Right. My favorite book in the world is, um, the art of living, which is a translation of Epictetus's Enchiridion by Sharon LaBelle, I believe. And, uh, it's just a book that's like, you know, here's how you should live your life in little short essays that you can just read one and then put the book down. And that's seems like that's what his new book, Kevin Kelly's new book is like. And so I'm going to buy a copy of that. So look for it in a future version of what I am consuming this week. The next podcast is, uh, the daily Sunday read, which is every uh, week on the weekend, the daily will read an article that has been in the New York times. And this one is the bodily indignities of space life. This podcast was so fascinating because I mean, 
you don't know what it's like to live in space. You don't, I mean, I mean, if you're like me, maybe you're an astrophysicist. I don't know. But most people, even well-read, intelligent people do not know how difficult it is to live in space. And the episode is all about the difficulties of become an interplanetary species. We have fairly fragile skin and you don't know how much work the ozone layer is doing uh, to keep you from getting skin cancer. Here, I will leave you with one little anecdote about this podcast and you should go listen to it. Did you know that the lack of gravity in space makes it hard to burp without barfing? And because of that, astronauts fart a lot in space. Uh, the volume is increased, both the measurable volume and the audible volume. You don't see that uh, particular nuance of space life in many sci-fi movies. <laughs> I think that's funny. Next podcast, Freakonomics Radio. Do the police have a management problem? Another really interesting uh, kind of insight into modern human life. I think a lot of us walk around uh, thinking that, you know, as all humans get to build on this, the stuff that the previous generation has learned and we are all always building. The only reason I'm able to have this podcast right now is because it is stacked upon block after block of things that people started doing in the 1900s with regard to radio waves and then communications and then microphones and et cetera, et cetera. But I think we all always assume that every professional organization is building on all those building blocks and that, uh, you know, uh, uh, an organization as ubiquitous as the local police forces in the United States would be using best practices with regard to organizational structure and management. And um, this is a discussion about whether or not the police are actually like different police departments uh, around the country are actually using best practices and management. And I think it's pretty clear that they're not. And it's just interesting that something so upfront and in our lives could exist from a management perspective, the same way it's been existing for the last hundred years. It's a, that's an interesting podcast. Um, the next one was also Freakonomics radio. Why are people so mad at Michael Lewis? Why are people so mad at Michael Lewis? He is the author of uh, the big short and um, a whole bunch of uh, books. He's, a, you know who he is. Um, but also he just recently released the book about Sam, uh, Sam Bankman Freed, the FTX CEO who was just convicted. And randomly he started spending time with him before everything exploded. And so, um, but people are, I think people are mad at him because he did not condemn him. He did not black and white, good, evil Sam Bankman Freed. And I think, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of money. And when people lose money, they take it personally and they want the person who was in charge of that failure to be condemned. Um, but, you know, it's good to be reminded that nuance is an essential and important part of human life. Um, okay, the last little bit are some Instagram memes, which um, you'll, just have to, you'll just have to subscribe to the email if you want to get those, I guess. Unless you, can, um, unless you have a way that I can get these links to you via audio. And if you do have that way, email me, spencer at 4kweeks.com, because I would love to mash together these two forms of media. All right, the last section for the podcast today, and we're sitting at about 15 minutes. Wow, I've been talking for 15 minutes, okay. Um, what I am thinking about this week. So what I'm thinking about this week is where we have all been. Trajectory is everything. I've been thinking about this specifically a lot. Trajectory is everything. It's easy to be oblivious to your current trajectory because we are, like every single one of us, are always in one moment or another moment. It, 
It's rare that you have the perspective of everything being on a line or on a continuum. We forget that two points make a line and three points make a trend. And so specifically, here's why I'm thinking about trajectory. I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, my wife and I bribed our kids to give up their iPads and their phones and gaming for six months. And we are about a third of the way through it. So it's not 100% no screens. They have messenger and phone calls because that's their primary way of staying connected to their friends because they do not attend daily school. Um, and they also have an hour on the weekends for uh, my son for gaming and then uh, my daughter for a social media app that we approve. But the phones are supposed to be otherwise away at home and, um, and not around because basically what we wanted to do was disrupt the, uh, you know, the constant feedback loop of dopamine hits, uh, notifications, et cetera. So they never have to be bored and they never get over the hump of starting something creative because, and I'm just going to sidebar here for a second. It's hard to do creative things and any creative thing. It's hard to start anything. It's hard to go from zero to one on anything. And if you never have to be bored, then you will never do anything. And that is the huge, huge negative for, uh, phones for adults and for children. But, but at least I grew up in an age where it was not a thing that, you know, you, you, you couldn't be constantly distracted in that way. Um, you know, TV has a beginning and an end time. It's not the endless feed, the endless scroll feed. Um, and so we just wanted to disrupt that loop in our home. The fact that our, you know, because of devices and, you know, we weren't a heavily screened family, but it's just, and it doesn't require your kid to be on the phone or on a screen for 14 hours a day for it to be very disruptive because one three second notification can disrupt a whole hour or, or keep a whole hour of happening, right? If you were playing the piano for five minutes and, and you were really getting into it and then ding, somebody wants your attention, then you suddenly have just been robbed of an hour of creative, beneficial, generative time. And so we wanted to disrupt that. And I can be pretty like gung ho, all in, all or nothing on things. And so today my wife and I were talking to our relationship coach. Uh, you can call her marriage counselor, use whatever word you want. I like to think of her as a coach because she is helping us. And parenthetically, yes, we have a relationship coach. Yes, you should have one too. It's just incredibly important to invest time and money in things that are valuable to you. And it's especially important to do it when those things are going great and spectacular so that if you ever do have a crisis, you have a history of doing that. So that's just a sidebar. Like every, everyone who cares about their relationship should have a trusted third party that they can regularly check in with a trusted trained third party, third party that they can regularly check in with. It has made our relationship, which was already awesome. So much better. Okay. The end of the sidebar. So we were talking to her and I was, and, and we have been talking about this experiment since before it with our relationship coach. And so she knew the deal and I was lamenting that it hasn't gone 100% according to my vision in my head. When I, when I thought, Oh, we're going to get rid of these screens and, um, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bribe them, but I'm actually going to be the one that's winning. And my wife kind of stopped me and she started describing how much better it has been. In fact, she said she feels like she, we actually got our kids back. They are around more. They are participating in the household life more. And she's totally right. And I was focusing on the wrong thing. Um, it might not be perfect, but it is 80 to 90% better than it was, which is like a huge success. 
And so all of that is a, a long intro story to set the stage for something I want to say to you guys, which is think about how far you have come this year. And so to those of you who are open enough to be able to hear this, I would say, like, look back over the year, look at everything that you have accomplished and, and, and give yourself a pat on the back for it. The only very valuable, the only valuable comparison that you can make at any time about yourself is to the person that you used to be. Nobody else, not a single person on the outside of your brain is a, it matters with regard to comparison. Every single person is an individual and the only valuable information you can gather in comparison is to who you were and who you are. And so take stock of your trajectory. And if your trajectory in whatever realm you can think of, any specific realm you can think of is at least slightly up and to the right way to go. Like give yourself huge credit for that win. And if your internal voice isn't in agreement with me, if you, if you're listening to me say this or reading me say it in the newsletter and thinking like, Oh yeah, right. Well, everything's terrible for me, whatever it is, believe me that changing your trajectory is easier than it looks. You only need three new data points and deciding to make a change is the first one. You only have two more to go. I believe that you can do it. And I don't even know who I'm saying that to, but the reason I believe it is because it is in your DNA. And regardless of how many roadblocks you see ahead of you, it all comes down to the work and the work is done one moment at a time. And the little tiny moments add up to the big wins. And then often the big wins look smaller in the rearview mirror. And so it's important, really important to occasionally look back and be like, Hey, way to go me. Like at the beginning of the year, I was a total mess and now I'm only a partial mess. Or at the beginning of the year, uh, I had a whole bunch of debt and now I have less debt. That is a win. And if you can start honestly and with integrity, um, giving yourself credit for the real things that you have done or the, the, the real progress you have made, however, however many steps backward you have to take, if you have taken one step forward, you should be proud of that so that it can motivate you for the future. And so everything is trajectory. And so if your trajectory is up and to the right, be proud. And if your trajectory is not up and to the right, all you got to do is make a choice right now and then make one more choice in a few minutes. And then one more choice in a few more minutes. And then in a week or a month or a year from now, you'll look back and you'll be like, hey, way to go, me. All right. That's the email for the week. I owe you the punchline. Why shouldn't you lend money to elves? Because they're always short. Man, I love dad jokes. Thanks a bunch. I appreciate you being here. I really, really, really do this so that I can learn and think and grow and get better so that I can sharpen the saw, the seventh habit. And I hope that you get some value out of it too. If you do get some value, maybe write a review, maybe send me an email. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, I would love to chit chat with you over email. Um, Maybe just chit, maybe not chit chat. (laughs) Anyway, I got to stop talking. So I'm going to stop talking now.